Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hey everybody, it's Brian Kemper. I'm the Youth Outreach Director of Priests for Life and the President of Stand True Pro-Life Outreach. And this is the show, Pro-Life is the New Punk Rock, which is also the title of my new book right back here. Um, but I'm excited about today's show. I have um, been a big fan of the work of Students for Life of America. A lot of the programs that they have, they're obviously one of the most important groups uh, out there uh, reaching young people. And as somebody who does youth outreach, I'm always excited to work with Students for Life of America. Uh, long history with uh, Tina Whittington and Eric and uh, Kristen and, and everybody there. So I'm excited uh, to invite my guest today, Sarah Mahalik of Students for Life America. Sarah, how are you doing today? Thank you. Good, Sarah. So you're joining us from Chicago. What's, what's the weather like in Chicago today? Um, cold and rainy. And as I was saying before, it just, you never know. Like it could be June and snowing here. So... <laughs> Ohio is is very much the same way. We had some 80 degree weather and then snow the f three days later and then back to 80 degree weather here. So, yeah, there's really no way to really adjust. And you don't know what to do with like your clothes. You just keep it all out. Your winter coat, your shorts. Yeah, exactly. So, Sarah, I, I have been involved in pro-life work for mm, 35 years now or so. Um, I am a former drug dealer, drug addict involved in a lot of satanic and, and bad stuff in my past. And in 1987, um, I overdosed at a Grateful Dead Bob Dylan concert and almost died. And it was a doctor in the hospital who shared Christ with me that uh, led the next week to me coming to the Lord and, and, and getting clean and such. And about a week later, I went to see a Christian punk rock band called The Crucified. And uh, basically, a long story short is they played a song called The Silent Scream. Mm. And that caused me to look into what abortion is and what was going on in our country. And that's how I got my start in pro-life work. Uh, mm. And then in 1993, ended up starting an organization called Rock for Life. Um, and worked uh, with partners with uh, Eric Whittington, whose wife is the, uh, the I, I believe, vice president of Students for Life of America, Tina Whittington, who yes. I'm sure you know very well. Yes. And uh, Eric. That was a, a short little blurb of, of how God brought me into this movement and, mm -hmm. and such. Um, but, you know, I, I think that as we're, we're looking at the, 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 possibility of, of Roe versus Wade, the probability of Roe versus Wade being overturned, uh, waiting for this Supreme Court case to come down. Um, one of the things that has always excited me is seeing young faces in the pro-life movement. And I remember when I first got involved and in being crazy with a mohawk and, and tattoos and piercings and stuff, you know, some people in the pro-life movement were a little afraid of me at first. <laughs> but there were many that embraced uh, Joe Scheidler and Judy Brown and, and Father Frank Pavone and a few others who were excited to see someone young and kind of crazy uh, be on the pro-life side. And uh, I was sort of a novelty way back in the day at first. But uh, 
one of the things that when I first went to the March for Life in 1994, I noticed it was mostly older people, probably mm -hmm. at least 70% older people go into the March for Life. And that always weighed on me, you know. But over the years, um, watching the dramatic turn in numbers at the March for Life to now you, you see pretty much 70% young people standing up and being a voice and you are part of that that new generation of pro-lifers and and that's why i wanted to have you on and talk about some of the work that students for life of america is doing but tell us about your entry into the pro-life movement what got you uh excited about doing this kind of work tell us about your first experience going to the march for life give me a a little you know story testimony of of how you got involved and such yeah, for sure. Well, that's beautiful. Uh, praise God that you met that doctor and it brought you to be here today. <laughs> um, so my parents have always been very pro-life. Uh, we had a, they have a big family. I have eight siblings. Um, but when I was in utero, my parents were rushed to their doctor's office and pressured to abort me because I was misdiagnosed with spina bifida in the womb. Um, now, I'm here today because I have the parents that I do. And their response to that was, wait, you called us off work for this? Of course, we're going to love our baby no matter what. Um, but at that moment, the legal system did not protect my right to life. And the medical community treated me like a disease to just be discarded. Um, and when I found out about that when I was about 11, it broke my heart for the thousands of babies every day that are not so fortunate to have the parents that I have. And ever since then, ever since I had a personal experience of almost being aborted and understanding that I could not be here today and that mm -hmm. millions of other human beings are not here today, I knew that I had to use my voice and the talents that God has given me to end this injustice in our lifetime. And I know a lot of young people in our pro-life generation of younger pro-life activists who have either personally experienced the pain and suffering of an abortion, they've seen their friends go through it, they've seen their parents be post-abortive, they've seen the destruction of the abortion industry. And for that reason, they speak up and they use their voices. Um, and so I think that has resulted really in a very dramatic shift to where our generation now is the most pro-life generation since the passage of Roe. Absolutely. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's amazing to see. And every single young person who's fighting for life is doing amazing things. I mean, whether it's changing one heart or one mind for life or donating thousands of dollars to a pregnancy resource center, everybody is participating in creating a post-Roe culture. Now, at what age did your parents uh, get you involved in doing? Did they bring you to the March for Life at a young age or did you come with your church? When was your first time coming to the March for Life? Yeah, so uh, my parents are very outspoken about their beliefs. <laughs> and so actually in the second grade, I got sent to the principal's office during our second grade voting session because I informed the class that John Kerry kills babies because he was pro-abortion. <laughs> um, so I was kind of always involved and went to a lot of local marches. And Love your like courage. That. Love your courage in the <laughs> second grade. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really stopped saying those kind of things to teachers. Maybe a little bit more eloquent, but 
Um, but yeah, I went to the March for Life for the first time with my parents when I was about 11, which is when my parents told me that story. Um, and I went with my family and we went to the national mass the night before, um, which was really beautiful just to be with a whole group of Catholic people who are pro-life. And then that's at the Basilica there in DC. Right. Yeah. And then you go from that huge, large crowd to even an even bigger crowd at the March for Life. And so I just remember thinking, like, I am not alone. Like, I might have felt alone in that classroom or when I talk about abortion in a group of friends who don't agree with me. But I am not alone in fighting abortion. And that's just I think that's why people go, because it's so encouraging to see. I mean, I know the numbers are always skewed by the media, but hundreds of thousands of pro-life people there to end abortion. Oh, absolutely. In fact, you know, it's funny is there was a there was an article um, many years back, probably 10, 15, 10, 12 years back, but probably around the time that, to be honest, that you came to your first March for Life. And it was written by a pro-abortion uh, uh, writer who got off the train the day of the March for Life in D.C. and freaked out because she said she couldn't look two feet without seeing groups of pro-life youth. And it scared her as it as it should have scared her to know that 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 was a sign of what is coming, which is the end of Roe versus Wade and and the end of abortion. Um, but she wrote this article about how young the pro-life movement looks now. And that's something that's been exciting for me, you know, to see that. Um, and one of the groups that you will see front and center uh, with just tons of young people uh, is Students for Life of America. Um, how did you get involved with with, with SFLA? Yeah, so I, I went to a Catholic university here in Chicago, uh, St. Xavier University, mm -hmm. and we didn't have a pro-life group. And I was asked to actually start a philosophy club. And I was like, well, if I'm going to go to all this effort to start a group on campus, it's going to be for something I, I really care about. <laughs> um, and so I, I started the pro-life group there actually with my future husband, um, and he introduced me to Students for Life of America. And when we were struggling to get our group off the ground and we didn't really know what we were doing, my regional coordinator, coordinator at the time came in and just offered us so much support, resources, tabling materials, trainings. I mean, anything and everything that we needed to be successful on campus. Um, and when that regional coordinator, his name was David, when he decided to leave Students for Life to pursue a different area of work, um, he encouraged me to apply for the job. And so I've been working for Students for Life of America for the last three and a half years. Um, at, and I was a regional coordinator for a while, so I covered Illinois and Iowa. And now I'm the programs manager. Um, and I just focus on creating those resources that helps me as a student leader. So, yeah. Well, one of my, I, I'd love to talk about some of the new stuff when we will talk about some of the post-Rogue ministries, but I think probably one of my favorite um, outreaches of Students for Life America was pregnant on campus um, and and being that resource for for young ladies that, that find themselves pregnant on campus. Because one of the biggest lies that women are told is that they can't achieve their life's dreams, that they can't go on and get that job. They can't go on and do so many things if they keep their baby, yes. uh, that that's such a hindrance to them to 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 have that child. 
And it, I, I believe it, it scares a lot of young women into thinking that, that if they continue with that pregnancy and, and, and bring that child to term, that somehow their life is over. And we know that that's such a lie, uh, right. such a lie. And also, I think that in, in the case of a lot of Christian uh, schools, the, the stigma um, that goes with being pregnant that, that we have, I think, have failed in a way to show that divine mercy, that, that grace that Christ has for us right. um, in, in so many situations. And a lot of, I, I've said, I've, I've seen pastors of churches at abortion mills because they're too afraid of the church finding out that their daughter is pregnant um, right. and, and such. But you guys had such a great outreach. Tell us about pregnant on campus and 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 uh, maybe a story or two of of some babies that were saved uh, through that. Yeah. So um, pregnant on campus. It was our, our our initial initiative at Students for Life that focused on supporting pregnant women specifically on campus, and we rebranded to actually to standing with you. And the reason why we did that is because we wanted our resources to go beyond the campus and into the community. Yes. Um, and so we're, you can check us out at standingwithyou.org. Um, but the goal of that, like you were, you brought so eloquently, is that women are told a lie, a, a false narrative that in order for them to be empowered and to finish their educations or pursue their career goals, they have to have the right to an abortion. Um, and often they feel pressured to have an abortion, whether that's by their coaches on campus or because of the demands of their college courses that are not accommodating her pregnancy um, and things like that, where we wanna step in and ensure that every campus is post row. So it's a campus where abortion isn't just illegal or inaccessible, but unthinkable because women have the support that they deserve um, in those moments and not just when they're pregnant, but also when they're parenting. And so we encourage our students and anyone in the community, because this again goes beyond the campus. Uh, we actually launched our campaign for abortion free cities, which is all about eradicating abortion from cities by bringing resources so that people don't even think of going to the Planned Parenthood, but they go to the well-funded, um, well-organized, supportive pregnancy resource center instead. Um, and so what students and what community members can do is they can go to standingwithyou.org slash advocate, and they can become either a student advocate or a community advocate, and they can be the difference between life and death for a human being by simply offering women the resources that they deserve. Um, I mean, I was actually, this is a really beautiful story. Recently, I was at an abortion facility in Downers Grove and I had with me little baggies that my students and I put together with just had like a, you know, a welcoming, loving letter of support for a mom in need, some standing with you resources and just like a little gift inside. Um, and a couple came up and thankfully they rolled down their window and they talked to us and I was able to give the mom that little bag with that supportive letter and those resources and just told her you're loved and you're supported and you do not have to make the decision to abort because you're, you're, you're loved, you're supported. And um, she went into the abortion facility with her bag in hand 
And she came out an hour later, her husband picked her up and they informed us that they chose life and that they're not going to go through the abortion. And so, yeah, I mean, it could take 30 seconds to save a life. Mm -hmm. It literally took 30 seconds. Um, And so that's the goal of standing with you is to be the difference, to help those women see that future. And there was a, a study done by uh, Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Lauren Musica is super great at helping encourage people mm-hmm. to be well-equipped for these conversations. But they found that when a, a woman finds out that she's pregnant, she sees the death of her future self. And so our goal with standingwithyou.org or, or standing with you as an initiative is to ensure women see their future and their baby as one. Um, and it's amazing how resources and support can really be that different for a woman, especially when they're so alone. And I, I think for, for all the people watching, uh, a lot of parents, grandparents watching also, um, our response to, to women who are, who are young women who are pregnant, um, that that is something that over the years I've learned about, but it, it, it came true for me. When one of my daughters as a teenager, just out of high school, I came into the house and um, she was in the hallway, curled up in a ball, crying her eyes out. And I looked down, I'm like, baby, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she just looked up and she said, daddy, I'm pregnant. And at that very moment, that, that, that surge that, that goes through you, I just, I picked her up and I just said, I love you. I love you. She's like, Dad, but Dad, Daddy, aren't you mad at me? No. You just told me I'm a grandpa. <laughs> I am so excited. Mm-hmm. And I had to look past anything else to make sure at that very moment she knew she had 100% of my love and support um, for her. And it's actually inspired. Uh, there's a new T-shirt that we have coming out that is basically uh, – Pregnancy is not a disease. Yes. Abortion is not a cure. Right. Um, and that's something that I, I think is so important. And, and pregnancy is not a sin. Right. Pregnancy is not a sin. And I think a lot of Christians sometimes treat it that pregnancy itself is a sin. It's not. Right. And that ends up scaring so many young women, I think, and, mm-hmm. and such. But I, I I love these stories. I I I'd love to just do a, a show. I think we could go probably for ten weeks straight without stopping just with these stories and such. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Well, I did want to add to you know part of the Standing with You initiative is campus policy changes. Yes. And so, I mean, a lot of times we will see on Christian Catholic campuses a code of conduct, which, I mean, absolutely, we encourage chastity, and we know that that is really the best way to live out your pro-life virtues in Mm -hmm. your most intimate relationships. However, when you're penalizing students for not living out chastity, the only way that you can penalize a student is when they're pregnant, because that's the only way you'll know if they're breaking the policy. And so working on policy changes to ensure that pregnant students are not trying to have abortions because they go to a Christian or a Catholic campus. Um, And then also making sure we have lactation rooms and diaper changing rooms and just any accommodations we can, because we know that pregnant and parenting students actually have among other groups, highest GPAs. So Hmm. excellent students 
and they deserve accommodations because like you said, pregnancy is not a disease. It just may be somewhat of a barrier. I mean, I was pregnant um, and for three months I was pretty out of commission <laughs> um, or I'm still pregnant, but for three months I was, it was yes. Um, and so we have to be able to support women because it's amazing what they'll do if you just let them and not discriminate against them because they're pregnant. And, and especially for, for us as Catholic, we're both Catholic, um, but for Christians in general, like you and I know that if, if we make a mistake, if we go out and, and do something and, and regret doing something, when we go into the confessional, when we bear our hearts to God um, and, 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 and use that priest to, 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 to have that sacrament. He doesn't penalize us. Right. We're not penalized. We're immediately forgiven, immediately shown the grace and the mercy. In fact, a, a good priest will then talk to us about ways to, to, to do better next time and, and just remind us of how loved we are. But I've heard of so many campuses where the girls are penalized. The guys aren't. But the girls okay. are penalized. Uh, I, and, and I think that, especially in a Christian setting, like I remember there was, back in, I think it was the, the late 90s, early 2000s in Virginia, there was a Christian school where some students got drank at a party and actually went and confessed to the school what they had done, but still got suspended and, and expelled. And I'm just yeah. like, how do you ever expect these students to come for counsel and for help when they make a mistake, if, if that's what they're going to face when they're the ones coming saying, yeah, I messed up. Can I get some help? You know? So yeah, I, I love that. Anyway. It's, it's now, the false have about lie. Eight minutes I left. I'm sorry. Oh, go okay, ahead. Sorry. No, I, I we have eight minutes left. And I still want to talk about the future of students for life and, and okay. finish what you want to say there, but then let's go right into what, does Students for Life of America, what does campus outreach look like in a post-Roe America? Yeah. Well, you know, I'll just get into that. But um, our Students for Life of America was created to be a post-Roe organization. We want to abolish abortion in this lifetime, and we knew it was possible. And now that the Supreme Court may really reverse Roe v. Wade, we're cautiously optimistic. Obviously, things can change, but we are grateful that this case is even being heard and that states may, again, have the right to legislate, limit, or even outright ban abortion, uh, which is the ultimate goal of reversing Roe. Um, but that's really just the beginning of a post-Roe America. That's the first major win and victory, but it's, it's not the end. Uh, we know that only a handful of states really will outright ban abortions. And so our goal within our organization and as a pro-life movement must be to decrease access to abortion, make abortion illegal, and again, make it unthinkable by really having alternatives for women, not just alternatives like um, birth control and all those things, but actual realistic alternatives, mm -hmm. meaning authentic support, material support, uh, baby materials, educational, vocational opportunities, paid family leave, um, and ensuring that instead of our resources going towards abortions, which is where our money is going now, we take those resources and we put them towards family needs and women's support. 
So our goal at Students for Life is um, to create a post-Roe America. And we do that on multiple different levels. So I already talked about our Standing With You initiative, which is our major initiative of really supporting women. Mm -hmm. We just uh, revamped our entire website to have resources for women in need. Um, and so a woman can click on her state and find a ton of pregnancy support and resources at, available to her at her fingertips. Um, and then we have our campaign for abortion-free cities. Right now we're in about 20 cities, um, but our goal is to expand. Um, and that whole initiative is about creating a pro-life coalition in these cities to eradicate abortion um, by working with the amazing pro-life warriors on the ground uh, and the amazing pregnancy resource centers to, um, again, decrease access and need for abortion by giving women the support they deserve and the families the support that they deserve. Um, and then another major aspect is our sister organizations, uh, Students for Life Action. Um, our goal is to get involved in elections and make sure that pro-life laws and pro-life legislators are elected and enacted so that the pre-born are protected. Um, from conception. Uh, so that's that's our goal at Students for Life. And then we also have our field program. So our field team, we have about 22 regional coordinators that are, that are all around the country. Uh, we have about eight field operations coordinators. And the goal of our field team is to change hearts, uh, rise up, and mobilize strong pro-life leaders and ensure that every campus that we're on is open to new life, is helping support moms in need, is enacting pro-life policies, um, and that the pro-life group on campus is trained and equipped to change hearts and uh, and really to respond to the pro-abortion culture, which as we see in recent weeks after the SCOTUS leak, there has been a lot more ramping up of violence, anger, um, questions, serious concerns. And so our goal as a poster organization is also to equip our students to be prepared to respond to these questions and yeah, um, yeah to get involved. And you guys are doing a great job on TikTok, by the way. <laughs> I only have about 6,000 followers, but you guys, you guys are doing a great job on TikTok and reaching this generation. I love the abortion-free cities thing. And uh, another friend of mine, Mark Lee Dixon, who does uh, Sanctuary Cities. Yeah. I live in a small town in Ohio, very small, conservative, Republican town. And when I wanted to do pro-life booths at the at different places and stuff, a lot of people were like, but Brian, we're never going to have abortion in Troy, Ohio. We're never going to have abortion here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you understand that girls here just drive down to Dayton? Right. I go because we don't have we we just because we don't have an abortion mill doesn't mean there aren't needs in our town. So I like how you said making sure that that town has everything that 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 young girl would need, so she doesn't even have to seek out a town three cities away right. uh, to have an abortion. So I love that we we have about two and a half minutes left. Uh, Thirty minutes goes by very fast when you <laughs> it does. I really appreciate you coming on the show. If there's one last thing you want to plug and then I'll have you close us in prayer and then I'll say goodbye. If there's one last thing that you want to throw out there, maybe, how about your conference coming up in, in January that we'll be, we'll be exhibitors at ourselves. Yes. Tell us, tell students how they can find out more about that conference. For sure. So we do have a, first I want to talk about our post-row action center because we put together 
uh, a page for our students and also community leaders because as a poster organization, you know, yes, we work with students, but we also work with adults and church leaders and community members. Um, and so we have a post row action center at studentsforlifehq.com slash post row. Um, and on that page, just a ton of different opportunities to get involved in, whether you're in your own city or in DC. So um, please make sure to check that out. And then our National Pro-Life Summit is always the day after the National Mar uh, Walk for Life. And the goal of that is to equip student leaders, bring pro-life leaders together and be prepared for post-America. And so this year, we um, you can go to prolifesummit.com. And this year, hopefully, we will be there to celebrate a post-America, but also be preparing to ensure that post-America isn't just true on a federal level, but on every state, because we won't stop until every pre-born human being is protected from conception. Well, I hope that students will go to this conference, will go come by our booth, hopefully too, also. Yeah. But visit all the organizations. That's the thing. The beauty of it is there's so many different organizations where young people could go up and go, hmm, I relate to that, or oh, I like that. Because personally, I just want you to get involved. Just just be a voice. And so I'm excited for this. And and I hope it's in the, I, I don't hope, I know it's going to be an amazing conference again this year. Um, we have just a few seconds left. Sarah, would you mind closes, closing us in prayer today? Sure. Lord Jesus, um, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for all of the pro-life warriors that have led us to a possible ending of Roe in our lifetime. And we just pray for our justices. We pray for justice for the pre-born and we pray for the end of abortion violence now and forevermore so that every human being is respected and protected in our country we ask this all in jesus name amen thank you so much sarah i appreciate it i'm excited for you young people uh i still go out and i'm active i'm in the streets i was in dc last week i got assaulted three times at the supreme court Oh my I'd, I'd prefer to go do some pro-life work on the golf course eventually. So let's get <laughs> road done. Let's get it out of there. But I, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, say hi to Kristen and Tina, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Everybody, this is Brian Kemper. This is Pro-Life is the New Punk Rock. Our guest, Sarah McCulloch from Students for Life America. Tune in next week. Thank you so much, and let's abolish abortion. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.